Welcome to Flicks. My name is Daniel Swan. This is episode 53, which is my Logan review. Uh, it's one of my most anticipated films of 2017. I could not wait to see this in the cinema. I'm very excited to bring this to you. Um, as ever, there's a spoiler-free section followed by a spoiler-filled section, and I really hope you enjoy them both. Bub. solo um in this episode um for the simple reason that uh myself and my lovely wife tiffany b um the tiffany b that you uh, know and love uh recorded this episode um on sunday and uh then when we went to listen back to it it all sounded a little bit like this quite enough of that i think that's disgusting and disgraceful um so yeah it was all lost for some reason uh possibly some kind of loose connection with the old microphone um but regardless uh it's done and it was over and uh, we couldn't do it again and i would never ask uh, my lovely wife uh to just repeat something like that um i'm appreciative enough that she does it at all so asking her to do it twice might have been uh what do they call it in the marriage counselling? Uh, taking the piss, that's right. Um, so I'm just going to be rocking through this on my own. Uh, as ever, there is a spoiler-free section, there is a spoiler-filled section, um, and uh, we should be doing them in that order so that whether you've uh, watched Logan or whether you're thinking, yeah, maybe I should watch Logan, um, we've got something for you, which is good. I say we, it is just me. It's it's sad and, and echoey in here um, with nobody else. Uh, except my dog Baxter, who is uh, well, he's he's asleep. So, uh, in t- terms of the producer's pitch for Logan, Logan, of course, uh, for those of you who don't know, and of course, all of you do know, because they are hyping this one double harsh style. Um, it is the story of uh, Logan, James Howlett, Wolverine, the man that we have uh, come to know and love um, over the last seventeen years via kind of eight kind of nine um films um in the x-men in the fox 20th century fox x-men universe um we've seen him go through three x-men films um well no we've seen him so there's x-men uh x-men 2 colon x-men united in america x-men the last stand uh x-men colon origins colon wolverine um the wolverine uh, x-men days of future past uh he cameoed in first class and he was in apocalypse was he he was yeah he kind of had a cameo in apocalypse as well um and then he was also he was i i read somewhere that he was like oh because he was in deadpool as well i'm like a picture of him a photo of him torn out of a magazine is not appearing in the fucking film so you can shut up about that um so it's kind of six with two cameos um which is a long time it's a long time to get to know a character and this is his uh final hurrah hugh jackman's final hurrah um in the funny hair and 
uh, clause. So, uh, and yeah, it's set in the future. It's a film that's set in the future where he uh, lives with an old, senile, 90-year-old uh, Professor X. Um, it's kind of dystopian. I thought it was going to be more dystopian from the uh, trailers, but it's less dystopian than it might seem. It's about five years on, I think, from um, the last, from X-Men Days of Future Past, um, from when that finished. Uh, and a lot's happened in five years. So it's, yeah, they're, they're kind of living in uh, close to the uh, American-Mexican border, uh, kind of eking out an existence. Uh, and then this young girl uh, stumbles into their lives and uh, they have to kind of deal with that. And they, it kind of ends up with a bit of a road trip type situation where this kind of odd family is uh, is traveling together. Um, and then other things happen. And then the film ends. I, won't want to, I don't want to spoil any more of it than that. My producer's pitch for this film um, was uh, Logan is like True Grit meets Zombieland. Now, I'm more proud of one of those than the other. And I'm pretty confident that you could guess which one it is. Um, True Grit, I mean, it, it really does have that the, the feel of a Western. Um, that might just be the fact that a lot of it's in the desert. But... Um, yeah, it has that feel of a western. It has he he definitely has that that feeling of you know a, a kind of classic Clint Eastwoody kind of uh, western hero where he's not massive on the talking, but he he can fight, but he doesn't necessarily want to fight. Um, and True Grit because we've got the young girl kind of coming into his life and and changing all of that, which obviously casts uh, Wolverine as the the Rooster Cogburn um, role. A little bit crotchety, a little bit mean, because this is a mean Wolverine. This isn't necessarily the Wolverine that that you uh, that you expected to see or that I expected to see. Um, he's healing not quite as well as he has done in the past. He is uh, meaner. He's not quite the hero that he once was. Um, that we saw at the end of uh, the idyllic end of X Men: Days of Future Past. Um, so a lot has changed in the last five years to to kind of make him this way. Um, and then the Zombieland thing, because of the, the the road trip aspect and the fact that it's Professor X and it's this young girl and it's Wolverine, they have this weird kind of, they're not a family, but they kind of are forced to be a family in the same way that they are in Zombieland. And I don't know, that wasn't as, as strong an inspiration for me. But um, yeah, I, I, I uh, the, the, the road trip aspect and the, 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 the enforced family aspect um, was I think when when the film uh, is at its best. Um, in terms of reception, this film has been blown uh, heavily. Everybody loves it, um, which is great for it because I you know I like it when films do well. I like it when comic book films do well because then it means hey, there's going to be more comic book films, which is always a good thing for me because uh, I bloody love them. At the moment, on Rotten Tomatoes, um, critics uh, are giving it ninety two percent. Uh, and audiences are giving it 94%. So everybody is loving that shit. Um, big, big fans of it. I am less of a fan, I think, um, than other people. Uh, I only gave it a three out of a five. Um, so I, I, I would recommend it. Of course I would recommend it. I have to recommend it when most people enjoy it, because obviously most people are going to have more of an uh understanding of what most people would like than me on my own but i yeah i i definitely had some issues with it um there's some really good bits in it it's it is r-rated so it's i don't know what it would be classed as uh in the uk but it's um there's a lot of swearing a lot of violence in it 
um, which is really fun. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely had some issues with it in terms of where they took the story. Um, but to get the but to delve into that uh, rating of three out of five, three out of five, how could that be? What are you talking about, Dan? Ninety five percent. Most people are thinking that. Why are you giving it? What would that be? Like a sixty percent? Jesus Christ! Um, in order to examine that rating, uh, we're going to have to dive into spoiler territory. Um, so that is yeah, that is my spoiler free review um, of Logan. Um, give it a watch I think definitely Um, with most people loving it I think it's you know you owe it to yourself to give it a watch Um, but yeah as for my further thoughts uh, I'll see the other side of the spoiler review warning klaxon thing here be spoilers wonderful superb you're still with me that's delightful Um, so if you uh, yeah if you've watched the film Whew, you know a lot of things that people don't who haven't watched the film don't know. Um, and we're going to dive straight into that. Three out of five, Dan. Three out of five, really? How can we do that? And the, the first positive that I have um, is, as I mentioned in the spoiler-free section, is the, the family dynamic um, that we get with this film. The, the, the kind of daughter, father, grandfather um, situation, especially in that lovely um, uh, farmhouse scene with Eric LaSalle from uh from ER back in the day who did the that kind of jab punch in the opening credits to um ER that's a weird reference um didn't really watch ER but it was a great theme music like back a no that's that's the big boss man theme from WWE anyway um yeah the family dynamic i thought was really really nice it was something that was teased in the trailer in the Johnny Cash trailer that is my favorite thing in the world and rather than watching this film again i'll probably just watch the trailer again a few more times um but yeah we glimpsed it with them sitting around the table and smiling and being happy with each other because it is it is a very bleak film um it's a very um it's a western in that very kind of it feels like a very harsh landscape um that it's set in and so once you get to the farmhouse and you get to this lovely kind of family dinner table and they're talking with each other and they're poking you know poking fun at each other and and just having fun it's such a lovely relief from the kind of harshness that we've had before and indeed you know the the harshness that we'll have afterwards there's not a lot of joy um in the film um aside from the joy of seeing wolverine stab people in the face um and then seeing a young girl stab people in the face that's very very joyous but um yeah it's there's not a lot of joy in the film and so to have these little moments and to have you know, ostensibly, this is a a, a a section where, you know, obviously they're on the way and they need to do the thing. And this is, you know, to, we need to take a rest and we need to stop and we need to recoup. But I love that it's Professor X trying to get Wolverine back to be the old Wolverine um, and showing him a family, showing him a family dynamic that works um, and a family that are happy. Um, I just thought that was really, really nice and really, yeah, I, I feel like the film definitely suffers after Professor X dies because you don't have that um, that extra thing to, to fall back on, um, that, that extra little bit of sparring and, and, and an extra character for Wolverine to interact with. Um, so, yeah, I, I really, really like that. I thought that was a huge positive. Um, in terms of a negative if we just want to go backwards and forwards, and I think we should, um, the past. Now, this might 
this one's one that I think is is possibly down in at least in part to the fact that I'm aware as a comic book fan um, I'm aware of the source material that this film is at least in part um, based on a, a comic book series written by Mark Miller um, the the writer of Kick-Ass and um, uh, what else did he do he did Wanted um, and various other things uh, The Kingsman all of which have been adapted into films so he's a very bombastic writer he writes big things big set pieces um, very very well and he wrote a comic called Old Man, Lo- Old Man Logan that kind of posited a potential future where Logan is old and grey America is this kind of wasteland essentially there's lots of gangs running it and uh, he runs into Hawkeye, goes on a big road trip with Hawkeye, I think in the Spider-Mobile I don't know, it's all pretty weird um, but in that um, the reason that there's no more X-Men in the comic in this comic world that it that supposes um, is because uh, somebody, I think Mastermind, but somebody got into Wolverine's head and fucked around with him a little bit and made him believe that he was being attacked. So he defended himself and killed all the attackers, but it turned out that the attack, he was being fooled into thinking that the attackers were attackers were, and in fact, they were the X-Men. So basically someone tricked Wolverine into murdering the X-Men, which obviously gives him a huge amount of guilt. Um, and that is what I assumed, knowing that this film was going to be at least in part inspired by that comic book series, um, that that would be what what's happening here. Because obviously we get, at the beginning, we see Wolverine and he is, as I've said, he's a very kind of surly, um, uh, uh, combative and um, not as kind of open and heroic in the way that we've seen him to this point. I mean, we get to the end of Days of Future Past and he is in the idyllic kind of perfect future, um, not least because it wipes out the events of uh, X-Men The Last Stand. But Jean Grey's there. And Scott Summers is there, and Halle Berry's there, and everybody's still alive, and everybody's still wonderful. Um, and so it's you, you assume, right, this is this is the happiest time for Wolverine. He's got everything that he's wanted. And so then now, five short years afterwards, he's a bit of a prick, really, which is fine. I mean, it's always good to develop characters and not leave them stagnant. But um, without with the change from it being Wolverine, um, killing everybody to Professor X killing everybody as it's kind of hinted at or kind of hinted at you have to put the, the pieces together a little bit which is fine um, but with that change means that there's less of an explanation I think for him being a completely different character in essence to the character that we saw at the end of the previous film um, now there is uh, Tiffany B pointed out very wisely that there is uh, probably a large part of it that is him just trying to protect Professor X, him trying to be a, a good kind of surrogate son for whatever reason, and he knows that Professor X is probably a very wanted man, uh, a weapon of mass destruction, I think, um, Donald Pierce describes his brain as. Um, so he's a wanted man, obviously, you know, um, people equals danger. People, you know, the more people they interact with, the more chance there is of somebody finding Professor X, but I kind of feel like it's too much to just be explained through that. I feel like for him to willingly turn his back on a woman who wants his help, I just think that's that's more than can be explained by just saying, well, he's protective of Professor X. And having, you know, that, that guilt and that, you know, uh, 
not being able to forgive himself um, for him. You know, I tried to do the right thing and then somebody fucked with my mind and I ended up murdering everybody. Like, that's a that's a motivation that I can get behind for being a prick, for being surly and like, oh, I'm miserable, etc. Um, but without that, I yeah, it was it was too much of a leap, I think, for me. And I appreciate that this film is, uh, and I've heard James Mangold, the, the director, um, talk about films as in it's it's never a good idea to make films for stupid people like give your audience some credit in in i suppose their ability to work things out for themselves and don't have to spoon feed spoon feed everything to them um and i do respect that but i think it was maybe a little bit too much and the change here yeah i needed more of an explanation needed more of a hint and even even if it was that that kind of i need to protect professor x give me a line give me one line and then that's it i'm a comic book fan i will believe some really stupid shit some terrible awful physically impossible bollocks as long as someone says well how can he fly well it's because he's the you know telekinetically moving himself through the air makes no sense but i can hold my hat hang my hat up on that and say right that is what happens why is wolverine miserable well because of blah 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 blah. just something just some little thing um but that's maybe me being petty i don't know what was positive about it was the violence and i mentioned this before um and it is wonderful it's it's because it does feel I, i mean i'm not a huge advocate of um Everything has to be super dark and super edgy. Um, I think Deadpool worked really, really well with that. The worry that I had after Deadpool was that there are going to be a lot more um, uh, hard R superhero films because, well, people love them because of Deadpool, so that makes sense. Um, I don't think it makes sense for every character. But um, in this one, I I think it's, it's... definitely justified bearing in mind we have had as we said like six proper appearances and one very violent cameo in terms of um x-men apocalypse of a man who is very very angry uh very very skilled at fighting and has big metal knives coming out of his fists we've had all of those films and we haven't seen any blood and it just after a while you do think yeah but it it feels too convenient that they're that they're having to work around it ways of of him stabbing people essentially without actually seeing anything implying the stabs without showing the stabs um and i think this was wonderful especially from obviously from hugh jackman he's he's played the role so many times but james mangold from directing the wolverine um it's you definitely get the sense that he is enjoying having the shackles taken off because there's lots of swearing and everybody gets stabbed in the face everybody like that scene where they're in oklahoma and professor x is wigging out and logan's like slowly kind of crawling through the room and there's like five guys between him and professor x and he needs to kill all of them and he does every single one of them and there's a few seconds in between where you're just thinking oh he's gonna stab the next one in the face boom right up the head up under the chin out through the cheek straight through the eyes whatever the fuck it is it was um gruesome and brutal and yeah quite cathartic i mean it it got a little bit much for me i think at times a little bit wincy um but certainly at the beginning it was uh enough to to pump one's fist in the air because it was pretty fucking awesome um you get x23 
getting attacked in the in Wolverine's makeshift home, and then she comes out and there's that she's got that dude's head, just rolls it towards, it, and that was yeah, super gross, but really cool. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that was it. Wolverine is a character that that makes sense to to have all of that. We don't need an R-rated Iron Man film. We don't need an R-rated Spider-Man film. We don't need any of that. Certain characters work, certain characters don't. And I, I'm glad that this is one of the characters that did. Um, and it's, yeah, from, from seeing from seeing him, you know, have to go around um, figuratively with, uh, with corks on the end of his uh, claws to have this film, which was super bloody and super gross and super violent, was like, okay, this is the Wolverine um, that we've uh, that we've been promised, I suppose, that has been teased in all of these other films. Um, then we've got the final two. We've got one up and one down, and they're both kind of similar slash the same thing. Um, so, obviously, there are a couple of major deaths here uh, in Professor X and Logan himself, um, and I think that's a real positive. Um, this film, and I, I said it on the, the way um, when I was looking forward to this film, as I have done for a long time, I was saying I want Wolverine to die in this film. And I love Wolverine, love the character, love Hugh Jackman, seems like a, a thoroughly nice chap, but I wanted him to die. Um, for the simple reason that, as a comic book reader, um, I am aware of the, uh, all too aware of the revolving door of death um, in comic books in that it's very rare that a character will die and if they do die it's even rarer that they will stay dead um, if a character dies it will only be a couple of years before a writer thinks oh I really want to use this character again and they can bring the character back with a lot of fanfare and sell a few more comic books um, everybody has died at the moment Wolverine is dead um, he has been since 2014 and if you think that he's never coming back you're an idiot um it will definitely happen and it will happen sooner rather than later i'd imagine especially with uh, with this film coming out um but i th- and i've thought it with with the all these superhero films that they have an opportunity to have meaningful deaths in a way that comic books just don't because of um the the, the kind of tropes and the the way that death is handled quite lightly um, in comic books it, in films you have that chance because everything's a bit more literal in film to have someone die and have it mean something and I would love the idea that with the Marvel films that they just keep going that it's not a case of right so we're going to do these for 15 years and then we're going to stop them and then we're going to have a reboot and then all new people are going to be cast as a thing I want to see Tony Stark die I want to see Thor die. I want to see Captain America die. And then I want to see other characters. Die. I want to see an Avengers film in 10 years with a completely different cast of completely different characters. I think that's what this this universe allows them to do. Um, there's hundreds and hundreds of characters that they could grab and, and put together in these films. Um, and, it, and it builds up the danger. It says, right, this is a dangerous world because people can die. Um, so I think the fact that they that they died was a real, real positive. Uh, Professor X's death was super tragic, and I I was rolling tears uh, when that happened because it's it, in a weird way. It's like um, I was talking to my wife the other week about uh, Metal Gear Solid Four, that bit where you go back to Shadow Moses Island and everything's all old and rusty, and it's 
very possibly the best thing that I've ever seen in a video game. And I was uh, talking about that it kind of, it, it makes you take stock of your own life in a weird kind of insular, um, solipsistic kind of way of, wow, the first time I saw this character, Professor X and Wolverine, was back in the year 2000. Shit, what was I doing in 2000? I was what, like 14 or 15? Um, that's crazy. That's insane. What has happened since then? You know, I have a dog now. I have a wife now. I live in America. All of these things have changed. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a, a weird thing that happens when you have spent so much time with the, with, with this one character. And with these superhero films, it, it, it gives, it, again, it gives um, filmmakers that chance to have, like I say, these these deaths of these characters that you spent so much time with. Um you know the only other characters generally that you have this amount this amount of film time to get to know are kind of horror movie characters like a Jason or a Freddy Krueger or whatever and you don't give a shit about them because they're just the bad guy but this is a, a protagonist that you spent all this time not in a James Bond way where it changes every every few films not in a Doctor Who way where they regenerate and so that kind of feels a bit different and they're not going to certainly not going to kill James Bond or Doctor Who either um, but it, uh, yeah it was just it got this very palpable sense of like wow this is a character that that has been a part of my life in a way as much as it sound, makes it sound a lot grander than it actually is um, it's been a part of my life for the last 17 years shit so yeah I was rolling tears um, with uh, Professor X because Patrick Stewart's so good isn't he just getting to see him and hear him say that he's fucking 90. She's 11, I'm fucking 90. Wonderful. Love it. Um, I didn't, however, cry when Wolverine died. And that can possibly be explained by the final point um, that the ending of this film was toss, I think. Aside from the death, there was very little to like about it for me. Um, it was really annoying, really, really frustrating. Um, as I say, I think the film suffered after Patrick Stewart, after Patrick Stewart, after Professor X died, because you didn't get that ability to for, for Wolverine to bounce off him. Um, and yes, they killed Logan, which was the right thing to do, and which was a brave thing to do, but it was the right thing to do. But I don't feel like it meant enough. Um, and that's for a few reasons all of which I'll detail now. Number one, um, I feel like his death didn't mean enough in terms of the place that it then put Laura and the other kids in. Um, so as we leave it, she buries Wolverine and then she runs off into the woods. There's no guarantee. I mean, the, the, the little kids in the tower is in um, radio contact, we assume, with this Eden. Um but there's no guarantee that they're going to get there. And as much as that's, oh, yeah, but that's realistic. We can't have blah, blah, blah. But, it's the, but this is superhero storytelling. This is big, bold storytelling. This is even Western storytelling. There needs to be... I'm not necessarily watching it for reality. If I want to watch a, a real slice of life, I'll watch a, a little, you know, kind of heart-wrenching family drama or whatever. That's not what this is. This is this has to be told on a bigger canvas. And I'm not in any way advocating for that it needs to be the end of the world. There needs to be a beam of solid white light going up to the sky and everything needs to blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying that. I've been a, a very firm advocate of superhero movies um, 
not having to be that big. I really wanted, I've said it many, many times and you're probably sick of hearing me say it, but I really want to see a Black Widow film that's just a spy film. It's not, it, it doesn't end with, you know, the, the world imploding in and of, in on itself. It's just a spy film that happens to feature the Black Widow. That's what I want to see. But that film won't get made because the, the producers think that it needs to be, everything needs to be huge. And whilst I like that this wasn't a huge ending, I still felt that it, it needed to be huge. It needed to be bigger for the characters. So either... Uh, Wolverine defeats the, the the guy, defeats young Wolverine, and then he he leads the kids there, and then he sees they're all kind of running towards this Eden. They arrive; it's this idyllic place, this haven for mutants, and everything's perfect, and they're going to survive, and it's all wonderful. And Wolverine sees it, and he smiles, and then he collapses, and he's dead. So then he's like, right, I know that I've done this good thing. My sacrifice means that Laura has got, Laura and these other kids have got to the place that they needed to get to. I know that for certain. Boom, we're good. Or, at the end of this film, we have then an adult Laura coming back to the grave to pay her respects. Because that says that she made it. Whether she made it to Eden, whether she made it whatever, that doesn't matter at that point because his death meant that she could live. She has a life because he dies in the the Sin City sense. An old man lives, a young girl dies, fair trade. Um, That would make more sense. Um, But them just kind of running off into the woods felt far too uncertain, I think, to to justify his death. Um, Also, he remains a, a, a crotchety old git far too long um it 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 doesn't he as it is he gets the kind of sense of happiness and what he's doing whilst in the the kind of 10 seconds before he dies that needs to be something different because as it is as professor x tells laura who then tells logan he wants to die it's like the dark knight rises you it it doesn't a character sacrificing themselves doesn't mean as much if you already know that they want to die. That's like, well, who, you know, you're just getting what you want in order to help this person. It, it doesn't feel as heroic. Now, if he had got to the, you know, their kind of um, hook treehouse of, you know, heaven, and there's all the kids up there, and he, you know, for however they do it, is is struck with this profound sense of of family and and paternity and a kind of a paternal protectiveness about all of these kids and he's like right this is this feels like a family now i i have to protect these kids and i'm happy i think that's what it is he needed to be happy before he decided to sacrifice himself he needed to have something that he wanted because as it is if you if you want to die if you don't want your life then giving it up isn't a big thing but if he got to a point in the film where he was really happy and he really wanted you know he had everything that he wanted and then he decides to throw that away in order to um, protect the kids then that's heroic that's like wow yeah okay so he really it really means something for him as well um that would have made uh, a lot of sense that would have been wonderful and also the the what's it he he, he needed to kill young wolverine he needed to use the even getting into a fight with young wolverine and then laura steps in and they have this wonderful kind of father daughter 
um, synchronized melee slash fest, whatever it might be, um, as in Scott Pilgrim, which is a, a, one of my favorite bits of Scott Pilgrim at the end when he kind of connects with knives because they're both fighting in synchronicity. It's a wonderful, wonderful moment. Um, if they have that with here and they, they kind of almost defeat the young Wolverine, the, the X-24 essentially, but then he still manages to come back, whatever, he heals himself, whatever it is. And then Wolverine says, right, I need to use this little green steroid thing to inject myself which is going to kill me, but it means that I can kill him. And then he, like Superman and Doomsday in the comics, he, with his last dying breath, manages to kill the beast. Then that's his sacrifice. Um, that makes a lot more sense, a lot more... Uh, mean Again, it means a lot more um, if Wolverine is the one that actually defeats X-24 as opposed to Laura shooting him with the, with the thing. Which was nice because they set it up and blah, blah, blah. But I, it was... Yeah, it, it, it didn't. It didn't make sense at all. It all felt a little bit weird and a little bit anticlimactic. It just felt like another story, another X Men story, but that just happened to have Wolverine dying in it. And it really, I, I feel like it. Sh- it should have felt a lot bigger than that. And like I say, it doesn't necessarily mean in a physical large way, but just mean more to the characters. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like he should have he should have warmed to Laura a lot more. Like I understand Professor X dies. He has a kind of lashing out moment at her because she is ultimately the reason that they've gone on this journey. And the journey is what has killed Professor X. And he has lost his dad, essentially, you know, his, the, the, the largest father figure in his life, at least in the life that we have seen through the films. Uh, and he's lost it because of this girl. So he lashes out at her. She runs away, blah, 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 whatever it might be. So they have that moment, that nice moment that they that they did um, in the treehouse where he's talking about the people that are around, the people that I care about that are around me suffer. And she's like, well, I'll be absolutely fine then. I thought that was a lovely little moment. But it was like, this is fucking 20 minutes before the end of the film. That should have come a lot earlier. Lash out at her. Then he bonds with her. Then he feels that kind of that that yeah kind of paternal instinct or, or kind of familial instinct in some way uh, and so the, then like i say then when he decides to sacrifice himself he's throwing away a good thing he's throwing away a life that he wants in order to to save her he's sacrificing something good um to save something good of himself um to save to save the girl um yeah, as I say, it was it was the right thing to do to kill him, but more needed to be done around it, I think, to make that death mean something. Um, so, yeah, I feel like the end of the film was really... And also, it fell into the, the Batman v Superman trap of Batman v Superman. We've got Lex Luthor, who is a ridiculous villain in that film, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, a ridiculous villain, um, played ridiculously, but at least there was some kind of some level of interest there. But the final fight is against Doomsday, who is a nothing. It's a, a big fighty thing. And the same with this. We've got Donald Pierce, who did nothing, really. Did absolutely nothing. Um, but And was really good at the beginning. I really liked his little kind of introductions with Wolverine. And he's very confident, very cocky. And then his stuff with Caliban, where he's doing the light thing and all of that. Um, really, really good. But then at the end, he does fuck all. He gets killed by the kids, and that's, you know, whatever that is. Um, Richard E. Grant, who is a prick, 
fair enough, but that's an interesting villain that you've built up. And then both of those just get killed off super quickly, and so we're left with this big hulking X-24 thing. And that's far less interesting. Far less interesting. It doesn't have to be, you know, well, what's the biggest physical challenge? Because you you, you don't you don't watch a film... If you want to watch that, you, you know... Oh, who's going to win? Is it this person going to win or this person going to win? That's what you watch sports for. You watch movies to tell you a story. And the story villain, the the bad guy in this film, was either Donald Pierce or Richard E. Grant. Um, And for both of them to get bitched out so quick... Yeah, you get the funny kind of Deadpool thing of the villain's monologuing and the good guy just kills him. Like, I understand that. But it's to have both of them taken out, I think, was a bit of a bitch move. Um, ha- maybe have Laura take out X-24 and then have Wolverine fight Donald Pierce. There's a... Uh, I don't know. It, then it means more. Donald Pierce is, you know, well, I'm going to take the girl and I'm going to blah, 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 blah. And then he, that gives him the strength that he needs to overcome. I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling now. It's, it's 36 minutes, 37 minutes of just myself. So that's not good. Um, but, yeah, so three out of five. So the good points, family dynamic violent and they killed Wolverine all good things bad points the past wasn't explained well enough and it was changed and it didn't justify the difference in the character um and uh Wolverine's death didn't feel big enough the end of the film kind of fell off the cliff um do you agree with that do you disagree with that um either way I would love to hear from you um facebook.com forward slash the Daniel Swan Twitter or Instagram at Palugin P-A-L-O-O-G-I-N um, the website danielswan.squarespace.com or even just send me a good old fashioned email danielswan41 at gmail.com I'd love to hear from you um, but for listening to this episode and for listening to the next episode which because she won our uh, uh, Oscars pool Tiffany B gets to pick a film um, that we will then watch and review uh, could be anything I've got no idea what it is yet so uh, we'll be doing that that will probably be the next episode um, so for listening to this episode for listening to next episode um, dear listener I have only one thing to say cheers cheers <laughs>